Welcome back, everybody. It's a star. I'm, I'm shot out of a cannon. It's the Star Wars podcast. It's uh, the Eternals recap. If you haven't seen Eternals, look. Just uh, I mean, if you haven't seen Eternals, go see Eternals. I mean, yeah. What on. are you doing? Sorry. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, yeah. Tommy and I were super excited here today. We haven't recorded in what has it been a month? And like, so not only that, but we're coming off this awesome movie. We cannot wait to talk about it. And I'm here with the guy. If this guy had material manipulation like Cersei, he would be turning every podcast into gold. It's Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how are you? I'm good. You know, Michael, as the prime podcaster of this podcast, I've been sitting here waiting for centuries. You know, we I've been waiting so long, going through so much Marvel TV shows. Formula after formula, the same thing over and over, just waiting because that was my objective. That's what I was being told I had to do, Michael. And then we get this. The Insurgents is here, baby, because I am hyped on this movie, Michael. I am very hyped on it. I understand there's there's issues, right? Like I have some gripes and we'll get into it. That's our job. There's small things I have, but overall... I went into this movie knowing nothing, seeing no trailers, anything. And I walked out just really enjoying my time, my experience in the film and, and feeling invested in these characters was just very fun. And like I said, I know there's some gripes. I know that I'm excited, but I also got some heat, Michael. I have some heat and it's because of the critics out there, Michael. It's because of the critics. I get it. Listen, it's not anyone's cup of tea. And if it's like, if issues are like story or characters or pacing, listen, everyone has different perspectives. That makes sense to me. That I can understand to a degree. What I can't understand is the people with issues outside of the film. With people with the issues and that are downvoting it, making it the worst Marvel film of all time. Michael, I know I'm coming in hot, but I'm, I'm heated. It is not. <laughs> and the fact that I had to read articles going up to this, knowing nothing. And I was trying not to know nothing. I read one article that the title is Worst Marvel Film Ever Rated. All this stuff. Giving no context to the reason why it was hated. Giving no context to the fact that people didn't like the fact there was a, spoilers coming, a gay kiss in the film. The fact that people had issues with the diversity in the film. The fact that people had issues with the fact that there was a sex scene. The fact they had issues with the fact that Chloe Zhao was making a film that wasn't an indie film, wasn't an A24 film. It was it was a more mainstream film. That bugs me, Michael. And so it's hard because I come in here so excited and you see all that stuff and it's hard not to let that ruin your bubble. Tommy, uh, this is the good news, right? I I'm on board with everything you just said. First and foremost, uh, I love this movie. Secondly, this is a Marvel movie, people. I mean, if you're expecting, like, like The Godfather, get out of here. Honestly, that's not what we do. This is Marvel. There's flaws. There's always been flaws. There's always been weird things. It's not perfect. But in terms of Marvel movies, this one was a lot of freaking fun. And I'll tell you this. Um, yeah, the critics, I've seen, like, disgusting articles. Like, articles that doesn't, like, like they're taking low blows at some of the actors that don't even make, like, it does like, it, it, it like you can see through it. There's like another agenda there, and, and Tommy, we can dive into that as well. Yeah. Um, but it, but here's the good news. I, I've I've kind of been tracking some of the Stark Warriors on Twitter. I've been kind of like seeing what people think. I think the fans love this. I think I think m most of the fans that see this 
really like it. And and maybe not all the fans, but at least the fans of us. Yeah, and I swear, we're going to be hyped. I know I'm coming in on a downer, but I, I'd rather get it out of the way now. You know, right. I don't want to lie to my Stark Warriors about my feelings. And, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I So I walked out of the film. I think I saw it on Thursday. I saw it, like, right when you could. I think Thursday at 6. And uh, I walked out. I was like, man, I really hope everyone else feels the same way. Because I went in that only reading that, like, one article title that was, like, lowest ranked film. And I'm like, man, am I – am I – in the wrong here like am i am i out on a limb and then you came in and we're like yeah I, i'm like hyped and some of my other friends came in and we're like no it's good and i'm like phew it's not me michael it's not just me yeah tommy i want to dive in a little bit more um uh i, I don't want to linger on these critics too much because i mean it's like a lot of the stuff um that i've seen tommy and you brought this to my attention that like a, a like you said, it's not like an A24 film. And I think a lot of people want to keep Chloe Zhao in that corner. And I think that this is like a hidden agenda. And I do believe movie critics do this often with a lot of different things. If they don't like a direction someone's going in, whether it, whether it just be different or something they don't like, they'll like review bomb movies. And that's a thing that happens. It's unfortunate. Um, I, I like, I don't, I, I don't like, I, I've seen accusations of racism and homophobia towards some people. And uh, it's, I'm not going to ignore that, you know, it's a real thing. Um, but with all this being said, Tommy, I want to hear about you. I want to hear what about this movie made it so great for you? Yeah, let's get them all out. I don't want to talk about them again. They're out of my life. Uh, I just needed to address it because, you know, it is, it is, it is prevalent. And I know like anyone that went to see the film uh, felt very similar where it was like, I just, I don't get it. You know, I don't get what happened here. And, and so, yeah, uh, last thought about that. Now, what stuck with me, I saw it by myself, and I really am a fan of seeing movies by yourself. I'll say that. you. Everyone should do it at one point in your life. It, it really brings you into the movie. Agreed. I just really felt for the characters. I, I, I hear some people have issues with some of the characters. I didn't. For having 10 characters, I felt they did a really good job of having each of them kind of interact with each other, too. It wasn't like it was just like, all right, well, Cersei can only interact with Icarus. Like, each of them had moments with each other um, and the lore. I'm a big D&D guy. I've brought some of my friends on who play D&D with me. I've, I've talked about it enough. I love lore. I love Greek mythology. I've loved history. That's my that's my big thing. And this was like at a buffet. I was sitting here yum, yum, yumming it up because it was just – I get it's a lot of exposition for me. It just – it made sense. It felt – not like a Marvel film in that way where it's like, I really didn't, they, as much as they addressed the Marvel film, as much as they had to, they didn't really address the universe. And I, I like that. I like that it was kind of separate. And I do think some of the people that are fans that have issues, that's one of their grips. I think a lot of them wanted it to feel more Marvel-like. And for those fans, like I understand if you're, if you're going for a Marvel film, I understand why this may rub you the wrong way. I like that it broke the formula. I like that it was different and catchy and like, you know, more artsy in a way. Yeah, it was almost like, and, and like there's nothing too dark in this movie, but it was like a darker take. It had a more serious tone. Um, and I think that like, it was just a change of pace that I think we kind of needed because uh, I mean, we've talked about all the time that like Guardians of the Galaxy was like something, it was a big pivotal moment for the MCU, right? Um, they started to embrace humor and like outlandish behaviors a lot more. Um, and that was kind of like a heel turn. And that stuff's great. It's like, obviously like I, I love Thor Ragnarok, right? Those are like some of my favorite movies. Um, 
but but it just goes to show that like we can like take a step back and give you like a more serious uh movie and, and uh, w- one thing that i really liked about it and i think a lot of the complaints um i think you mentioned like the pacing um i get that but for me the way i was looking at it was like when we're watching one of these marvel tv shows we come across an episode it's a little bit slower it's full of exposition a lot of like just uh it feels pointless but it's often t- building up to those other episodes and we call those filler episodes right um, it was almost like this movie had to have a little bit of that filler in the beginning to build up these characters and make us care about them, right? And I think that's the thing. It's like you can't come into you can't come into a movie like this with this many characters and like just uh, like you have. There's got to be some build up, right? And we needed a lot of it. And I think that's like the first half was slower, but it paid off so much more in the second half. And and like that's what made me start to care about the characters. Now you could argue like Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a lot more fun with some of that character development. Um, but uh, look, this isn't Guardians of the Galaxy, but it's close behind. I'd say uh, maybe maybe it's better for you, Tommy. I don't know, but um, it it like it's different, right? I think they're both just very different. But like you still got the space vibe from both. You get that kind of like sci-fi vibe to it. And I think for me too. It felt like it had consequences. You know, some of these movies, some of these TV shows, we go in and we're like, well, they're not going to die. Like, I, there's no stakes here because I don't – or 10 people, they were not shy of doing that. <laughs> and and even with that, I liked that there was the overarching theme of do we interfere. It was not just a one-off thing. It was the entire theme of the movie. And the fact that they didn't come to a conclusion, you know, the team was split on it. And not everyone agreed. And – and I love that like certain characters, like Kingo is one. I love that he didn't come back. I love that he said his piece. He said, listen, I don't agree, but I'm also not going to fight you guys because you are my family. So I'm choosing to separate myself from this because I, I can't make a choice. And I respected him for that. And the fact that he didn't go come back like 10 seconds later and be like, all right, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm going to help now. You're right. I've, I've changed. No, he he does it and he does what he needs to at the end uh, to help Sprite. I, I really liked that there was gravity to the film yeah no totally and like you said i think you could like rank these characters it's almost like it's almost like the seven stages of grief right they're all going they're all a different stage of like accepting their mission whether they're like completely all in like icarus or or they're they have no interest at all right so i really like that it was like and it told a lot about the characters and and i've said this before on the podcast characters are all about choices and i think that this movie was filled with so many choices with these characters um and it told us so much like even without all that build-up um just just by uh icarus alone making the decision to go full force into it or druig like uh saying that hey i want to interfere with these humans i want to help them out that told us so much about these characters you don't even really have to know them you just see those moments and you can kind of understand where they're at so i thought god man i just think i think they did such a good job on these characters and uh uh i'm just uh i'm floored man this is this is the what i was picturing i know you like you compared it's like a lot of lore and stuff for me, I would consider this movie to be like the MCU Bible, right? This is like the thing that I might show somebody that's never seen a Marvel movie. I might say, hey, watch The Eternals, because this like explains so much. It explains like th- the entire history of the planet. So uh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. Yeah, it, and it was fun. And they, they got the Celestial so right. Like when when you see the Celestial and, and Cersei just like, sitting in their palm and it's just like 
Cersei was so many skills, like a little tiny dot. And uh, the power of that. And and just the celestial in general, and we'll get into it more, but like they're the like almost like attitude of like when when they tell Cersei the full plan, some people think that's too heavy on the exposition. But for me, I saw it as like uh Ashram was like just didn't even process that they would have an issue with this fact. You know, they're robots. They're, they shouldn't have issues with it. And so I, I didn't have issues that I thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll dive into everything because I'm so hyped. And this is where I want to get into is like, Marvel, you did it right here for me. I can't speak for everyone. I can kind of speak for Michael because he just said, I think you did it right for him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, just to go back to what you said about, I wanted to touch on, a lot of like the complaints leading up to this movie was like uh, the whole thing. Well, if they've been on Earth this whole time, why haven't they helped out? Right. That was a big like uh, the, like once the trailers were coming out and all that. Um, but I really like the way they handled it. Um, number one, they came there for one single mission and then that's all they were concerned about. Number two, they, they realized that humans needed conflict in order to grow. Right. You can't just solve all of their problems. Right. It's it's like it's kind of like parenting in that way. Um, so I think that made sense. And then and then three, a lot of these characters had moved on from this. Right. They, they've got like um, I'm going to butcher some character pronunciations here. I think it's Fastos. Um uh, he yeah he went on he went on to build a family right he wasn't a superhero like that's not that this was never any of their concern right so um, yeah I I think they tackled that as well as you possibly could like I I I I would be shocked if people still I don't know if they do if people still have that complaint I'm I would be shocked they do they do Michael I've seen why what I mean um that's the big three one is right there the big one is with Icarus uh, and I I do see kind of the point is like if Icarus just kind of one, how they presented it sometimes was like Icarus just wanted to get the show on the road. Like he just wanted this planet so they could get on to the next one because he's had a lot of Cersei. He wants to basically have a clean slate so he can be with, you know, potentially with Cersei. That's his warped brain way of how he coped with, with finding this realization out. And so their mindset is why wouldn't he have stopped Thanos who uh, killed half the population. So like they're, they would have been stuck there way longer um, with that. Now I, I see that, but I also say, he was on board. I think he would have probably saw it as this is all part of the plan. We we've we've been here for so long. Thanos is nothing compared to us. It will work itself out. I think that was kind of we've seen so much, you know, we've seen so much devastation on this planet rise and falls. I think they just saw it as another rise and fall. Plus, like they've also been around for centuries. Thanos was really just a day or two. I, like it probably just was a blink and miss for them. Like it, you got to think how fast time probably goes for them for being alive for that long. There's that. I, I think there's a lot of reasons you could make for it. I felt like the film addressed it as much as they needed to. People who are going to have issues are still going to have issues with it, but I think that they at least addressed it and not in a hokey way, and I appreciated that. Yeah, exactly. So, Tommy, uh, I think a good way to go about this here is why don't we go through the characters? Um, I, I think that, uh, I mean, again, everyone had their own little storyline. And I'd also like to talk about like the relationships as well, as we go through these characters and like how they were connected and all that. Um, so, so I've, I've got a list here and uh, if you're down, we'll just go through it. Um, the, the, the first person on my list and actually Tommy, actually, before we do this, um, I would like to, I would like to play a quick game with you. Are you, okay. are you ready? Yeah. I love games. Okay. 
Tommy, I want I want you to guess my two favorite characters, and then I'm going to guess your two favorite characters because I want to see how well we know each other. Because I think all of these characters were great in their own way, right? They all they all had different stories. Some of them had more screen time than others, but there was still enough for you to like latch onto. So I think it says a lot about a person based on who their favorite is. So Tommy, uh, do you think you can guess who my two favorite uh, Eternals are? I think I can get at least one. The other I'm a little iffy on, but I'm I'm having trouble picking just two. I love a lot of them, Michael. <laughs> uh, okay, well let me let me throw one at you because I think I know one of yours. Okay, Kingo is one of your favorites, right? No, really, that's like a Tommy character through and through. So you would think. So I've actually discovered this with with uh, my friend Jonathan, where he he tries to predict some of my favorites in uh, the show Genius, which you know we've been. I, don't want to harp too much. You're not, listen, if we're internals, you're never going to watch Genius if you're waiting until your deathbed at Michael. So. Exactly. Uh, but uh, I sometimes with the goofy characters, I did like Kingo more than most. Sometimes I think they're too tryhards. And sometimes Kingo came across too trying hard to be the funny when I think there's other characters that did intentional fun. I like the more um, show not tell, right? And I feel like he's more of the teller. So I did like him. I mean, I'm not down on Kingo. He just wasn't my favorite. Gotcha. Okay, well, let me shoot another one at you. Let me guess another favorite of yours. You're zero for one so far. <laughs> I know. This isn't a good look. Um, uh, this might be... I'm going to say Cena. Is Cena in your top two? Cena is in my top two. Yes. I know some people wanted more of her. Um, the memory loss, and we'll talk about her, the memory loss is something that like I relate to a lot. Um and really connected to that storyline for reasons. And so um, it just, I, I, I wanted more from her and I know a lot of people did, but what I got from her, and I think it's kind of a combo and, I, and I'll combine them here because I, I, I don't want to pick both of them is like her and Gild, Gilgamesh in general were kind of like a combo favorite for me. It's like Gilgamesh, I wanted more from him. And so it's hard for me to give him my favorite spot, but man, he was funny. And like the, so in like the subtle ways that I was just saying, like, one of the scenes that really speaks to me and like, I didn't know how to feel about the way I reacted to it was when he finds out about spoilers, you know, you're already this far Ajax death and the pie drops. And it's like, that was such a clever way of almost making me feel like dirty that I laughed for a second because it was kind of comical that this pie just slides onto the ground. And yet it's such a tragic scene. And like, I feel like they did that with Gilgamesh a lot. And like, Dino was the tragic part of it, but Gilgamesh was like the hope. And so the combination of them was such a beautiful thing for me um, that it made both characters shine for me as, as favorites. But yeah, Dino was definitely one of my top two. Gotcha. We'll go ahead and tell me your other one. I'm out of guesses at this point. Yeah. I'm not going to embarrass myself any longer. Um, It's hard. I'm between two. Okay. I think I have to go with Bastos. Yeah, he didn't get enough screen time either, but um, I know. Brian Tyree Henry is the best. And and unfortunately, I think he was actually probably the funniest in the movie, but a lot of his jokes, uh, we talk about trailers and things being spoiled, but a lot of his jokes are in the trailers. So. Well, that's why some of us don't watch trailers, Michael. <laughs> we got to be careful. We're treading up the eyes. Okay, Tommy, guess mine. Guess mine. All right. Um, I'm like looking down. I feel like Kingo's high for you, but I don't know if I want to guess that yet. Now let's go there. Is Kingo is Kingo on here? Come on, Tommy. I hate Kingo. Okay, that's what I thought. I don't know why you thought I liked him. <laughs> I didn't think you did, but you threw me off. No, Kingo's fine. I I feel like he was almost too one dimensional, yeah. but um, 
Try again. Try again. Now, see, I'm getting in my head. I'm getting in my head. <laughs> Come on. I feel like there's one that, like, I, I, like, I, I, I wanted to come up with this game because I feel like you could guess that I like this person. I, but that's the thing. I think I'm in my head because there's a couple people I'm like, I think this, but what if he's like, what if it's, I'm like reading it wrong? Because it's also like, I'm now thinking like me. And there's one character I really like who's probably my third that I don't know if you like in the same way, but I like to think we're the same. Try it. Is Durg up there for you? Who? Durg. Yes. He is okay. my favorite. Yes. He's okay. I really like Druid, and I thought that fits for you as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I also, I'm actually kind of torn. It's between Sprite and Cersei for, but I, I think Sprite has the edge for me. I love Sprite. Sprite's turn, I understood, but it did move her down a little bit for me. Well, let's go ahead. Okay, I kind of interrupted us here. We're about we're on we're on a trajectory here. Let, let's go through the characters. We'll talk about their stories and their relationships and what we thought of it all. Um, and the first person on my list is the one I said I hate, which I don't really hate. But uh, Kingo, Tommy, uh, do you have anything else to say about Kingo? Yeah, I was actually surprised with Kingo. I went in thinking I was going to hate Kingo, to be honest, because like I said, like like the very showy comic, the fact that he was this he the life he chose to make was just being an actor but then when he explained it i started to like it a little bit more the conversation he had with with i believe sprite when he was like do you know why i got into movies do you know why i love them so much it's because it reminds me of you and 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 i really liked his and sprite's relationship it's a subtle one but people don't realize how like they're basically best buds and i love that and that conversation of like i wanted to go into movies because they tell stories and I, I missed your, your, your powers. I missed you telling our stories and, and bringing in the crowd and, and showing the, the visions of us like that was touching. And so there was a heart behind Kingo that I really appreciated. Yeah. And I, I felt like, yeah, I, I did see that, but it was almost like not enough for me, for him. Um, like I don't necessarily like I didn't laugh too much at what I think the funniest thing was the fact that he uh, he pulled off being his own grandfather and father and himself like I really uh, I, that got a laugh out of me but you know I thought his I thought his cameraman I don't remember his name I thought he he was kind of stealing Kingo's thunder there I was gonna say I think the reason Kingo is higher for me is because of that dynamic between him and the cameraman more than Kingo on his own. Like I said, there are touching moments like that. I think it was a touching moment for me. Anything with Sprite and him I thought was touching that. And the moment where he realizes that she's the Tinkerbell to um, Icarus's Peter Pan and, and Cersei's. That was a nice touch. The fact that he, also the comedic goofy guy, was the only one that perceived that. That was a cool beat for him. The fact that, like, yeah, he may be, like, goofy and stuff, but he's more aware than most of those people. As someone who is a goofier guy, like, yeah, watch out for us. We know things. And so, yeah, there were things I like, but I, I also agree with you. Like, I think we both feel kind of similar where it's like, he's not the worst, but he wasn't as high as like some of the other characters who really shone for us. I think like another thing that worked for me with him was like, I already brought it up, but like, his end thing. Like, how did you feel about him choosing not to fight? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I, again, I, I, I do like his position on, like I mentioned before, the scale of accepting the mission and everything. Um, so I do, I did appreciate that. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if it was necessary for his character. Like, I don't know, like there was enough there for me to like understand why he was making that choice. If that makes sense. Yeah. I think he didn't have a lot of, 
Him as an individual, I was less on. Him as a, a pair with the cameraman, as a pair with Sprite. Like, again, all the Sprites, stuff, even the fact that, like, I felt like that was really his big art because it's like they bring up the fact that he abandoned her at one point because she was, you know, she looked like a kid, never grew up, and he always had to keep leaving. And then at the end, he ends up being the one to take her end. I thought that was a nice bow on the end of their, um, you know, conflict. Um, but, yeah, so I can say a lot of positive things, but I agree with you. I think a lot of his beats on his own just didn't hit for me. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, we, we we mentioned Sprite here. Do you want to move on to Sprite? One of my favorites. Yeah, let's talk about Sprite. I, and I mentioned, I, I saw somebody hating on the, I, I don't know the actress's name, hating on this performance. And I was like, come on, it, it's a child, first of all. Secondly, they did pretty dang good for a child. Um, no, I thought that, like, a lot of that story was um, I just very touching to me. It was, it was um, the fact that she was, like, stuck in this child's body. She couldn't love the way everyone else does. She couldn't do, she couldn't get the respect from people that everyone else does. And I thought that that was, like, that concept alone was the most powerful part of that character. And it explains so much about what she was doing. So what, what did you think of Sprite? Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. Like as much as I said, she went down from when she did turn, I understood the turn, you know, love does make you do crazy things. And plus what she said to, it wasn't just that. It's also the part that she was saying to Cersei at the end where she was like, I didn't even know I wanted these things. And these people made me feel like I needed these stuff that I didn't even think I needed. And so it's like, that's heartbreaking. It's like, she only wants it because it's, she, it's like, uh, if you never had sight, but then someone's describing sight to you all the time, you're like, I didn't, I didn't even know what I was missing out on, but now I know. And that's tragic. That's, that's very tragic for her. And, and she, her powers are cool. Like, you know, we'll get into all the powers and stuff, but I do like the idea of the bard. She, you know, D&D, she is the bard. She is the storyteller. She is the, she used the illusion for combat, but she's also the one that like, created their stories you know we we didn't really talk about but all of them are are like have some connection to like real life stories and that's what the comics did like you know obviously icarus is a big one you know icarus fly too close to the sun and and um sprite is another one that like you know the whole tinkerbell connection is actually a real like she was i believe based on tinkerbell like that was all a thing um in the actual comics too so uh, i like that stuff i like the the little neat parts of sprite and and she had a heart i felt like they wanted us to feel like her and Cersei were tighter than they were. I, and I, like they were in the beginning. And then I feel like they just kind of pushed it off at, towards like, once they met up other people, it's like, Sprite was like, bye, don't care about you anymore. Which maybe that's the point, right? Once Icarus shows up, I don't know, you know? Right. And speaking of Icarus, um, I want to touch on uh, the, you mentioned that their love for each other or, or Sprite's love for Icarus. Right. Um, I'm curious how you thought that played. Um, for me, I think it might be one of the weaker parts of the character because number one, they didn't set it up too much. Um, it, it seemed like it kind of came out of nowhere, but at the same time, it's like, how far can you go with setting that up? You know, it's like, you can't like, uh, like, uh, I, I thought they did a good job of like trudging the line of like, um, uh, this is like a, a meaningful relationship and it, like in real life, it's kind of weird, you know? So what, what do you think about that? Yeah, I wonder on a rewatch if there's more hints to it, because I do think there are some. Not, I agree with you, they didn't set up a ton, but I do wonder if there's more to, was this why she did went to live, like go check on Cersei in the first place? Was there more to that? Was it because of Icarus? Like, it makes you question more, I guess, for me. Um, but I do agree with you. I don't think it's the strongest relationship out of the, the group, because I don't think it is. And I think what works for me is because I don't think it is. She's clearly in love with him. He clearly isn't. And he, 
I saw it as he was he was using it to his advantage. He was manipulating her to like like she he didn't ask her to come. She came, but once she was there, he wasn't going to be like, no, I don't, I'm not interested. Like, how would he be that at that point that oblivious to the fact that she obviously was attracted to her to him? I don't know. So I actually made it made think it made him look worse, which I think is a good thing because at that point he should look shitty. And so to me, it's like, you care about Sprite and you're like, man, she's, it's like that friend where it's like, you know, she's in love with a toxic person and you're like, Oh, this is not good. But it almost makes you care more because you're like, Oh, I just want to help you. I just want you to be like, no, no, get out of here. Don't be, don't focus on Icarus. He's bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it was also just like, uh, like, I think it was like some love, Chris, but it was also again we talk about her tragic story i think a lot of it had to do with like like uh i i don't think that she cared that much like she like what's it to her you know she has nothing to live for really i mean so much so that she agrees to be a human later on which kind of like suicide for them right uh because they can live forever and if you agree to be a human you're gonna die so uh yeah like she she's yeah, I don't know. It's that I'm like at a loss for words. Well, I think there's a lot of connections to her in Peter Pan, right? Like in like the kid that never grows up. Like he's not even the Tinkerbell part, but just like that part too. I think there's a lot of connections there you can grab, and it just makes it even more tragic. Yeah, I really like Sprite as a character. I think I think the actress did a phenomenal job. Like I really do. I I felt like she hit a lot of different beats and different emotions that almost like. Boom, boom, all the actors and actresses did, to be honest. There was a lot of, like, you have to jump from sadness to happiness to set, like, to all these emotions very quickly. And I feel like uh, this actress and, and Sprite in general just did a really good job with that. And also, awfully convenient for them to uh, turn her into a human, because she's going to be the only one that kind of ages in the MCU, right? So I kind of saw through that decision. It was, very, it was a very production-heavy decision there. That was definitely it, but also, like, it all that was the one part where it did feel yada yada where it's like, like, like yes i have powers from the celestial now we can turn you it was just very quickly it wasn't even like it, they could have mentioned that at some point that like during the the this moment where the celestial was born you know baby celestial comes out like all their powers are heightened maybe that would have made more sense to me but it just was like a real cute like yep i have these powers now but only for a second nothing more just just here Tommy, I'd like I'd like to also add that this would be a fine addition to the Young Avengers. This is my question: Does she still have her powers when she's human? I wondered that. Does she still have like we never saw so. it? I know we never saw her use them though, so I just I would I would think so too, but I'm not sure. I mean, even if she doesn't, I think like being alive for like the entirety of the birth of the planet is enough for her to be like. Uh, superhuman in a way you know yeah um so let's let's move on here i want to talk about um who i i would argue actually this person might be the strongest of the eternals i want to talk about makari what do you think about makari again i say this about as much as i said like they cover 10 people i will say this about a lot of them i want more i i, I like makari i she kind of like uh i think our our friend said this uh she uh uh smash brothers box uh dashed into like that was her go-to move uh and i i love the representation of, of a of a death uh character i thought that was really neat i loved 
uh, her connection to your favorite. Um, I really, I think that was, I want to feel like it was improvised because it really didn't feel like it was set up, but it, it, I just net natural chemistry they had that flirting is back and forth really worked for me. It was very cute. Um, I know a lot of people that ship them now. Um, I believe they call it Durkari, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the ship name is, but uh, that yeah, really worked. Yeah. yeah. That worked for me. And it, I think the only thing that didn't work for me was like, and with a lot of these other characters that I've said, it's like, they were in like the second half of the film. It's like there almost was this big team up in the middle, right? That team, big team up battle where we where we sadly lost Gilgamesh. But it's like I felt like everyone should have been there, and she and they kind of just like were like, oh yeah, she's been sitting in the ship this whole time reading a bunch of books. It just felt kind of uh, too cute. It's another one of those like we just need to get her in, so we're just gonna throw her in the ship so we don't have to go to them discovering where she is and what she's been doing and stuff. We don't have time, you know. I can look past it, but that is one of the things I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. I really like this character. So one one thing that I was uh, I saw an interview um, with this actress, and she mentioned that there is like Easter eggs in some of her signing, and one one of which being um, uh, each of the different characters have their own sign name, right? Um, and a lot of the sign names correspond to the characters. For instance. Um, uh, we get we get Kingo who kind of like manifests in like energy in in some way or whatever, but he he uses it in like the form of like your hand forming a gun, right? So so his sign name is the gun. So I thought there's a lot of like uh, I don't know. I feel like they put a lot of love into like uh, again, like you mentioned, there's like the the diversity there and and having um, a deaf person, but also just like, uh, having a lot of fun with what that can mean for people that are also deaf in the audience. So, yeah. And I wanted more of her story of like, they, they really focused a little bit on the beginning of like, she was going out and looking for this Emerald tablet. It's like, I almost wanted more of that. Like, it's like she had her own like story arc that we almost missed out on. Like, how did she get it? What I want to know more. Yeah. And unfortunately there's just not a whole lot more to say. Um, I, I want to stop down here, though. Um, so I, I, I'm going to work on the name while you answer the question. Somebody asks us the, the question, and uh, I'll let you answer it while, while I figure out who it was. Um, okay. I want to know uh, who do you think is has the best power, or I'll, I'll say the like the most powerful power, and who do you think has the weakest power? Man, it depends on what you define as power, right? <laughs> we can really get into that thought because like obviously Gilgamesh is like super strong right super powerful there but it's like the super strength really equal most powerful uh I think from the 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 movie we have to believe it's it's Cersei right especially at the point where she can literally you know uh turn a a, de- a de- deviant to a tree she can turn a celestial just kill him I don't know like that seems pretty powerful to me um, now if it's questions of like what I like the most, that's a whole different issue, but I do think she probably has the most powerful, but it's hard. Cause like Ajax is powerful too. The fact you can sit there and fight people and just heal yourself as you're fighting them. That's so clutch. You almost don't even have to worry about defense cause you can just heal yourself so quickly. Uh, they're just a really powerful team in general. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, so Mark Levy asked that question. Thank you, Mark. Um, and I don't know, I was like thinking about this at work today and, I think uh, I think Makari has it. Speedsters yeah. are like I, like it's hard to imagine like especially if you're really good at it. Like I, I mean, we see it in all, all types of 
superhero movies, right? You see it in DC, you see it here, you've seen it multiple times here. Um, but yeah, I, like something about speed, man. Like you can do a lot of stuff with that. So hear, hear me out though. Makari's like speed, 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 and uh, Cersei touches the ground, water quickly, then turn it back into ice. What can what can Makari do? I guess I guess Cersei has to be pretty quick though. I mean, no, it's true. It depends on how much time she has to like. Is, is Makari running really far away? Did Makari like sneak up on her? You know, there's a lot of context there. But I guess I think of like, you know, I think it would be an interesting fight at least. And I'm gonna say Kingo has the worst. Um, because yeah, it is kind of cool what he can do. I feel like he should like. I, I haven't. I don't watch Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Maybe you can help me out. Um, but it's. I feel like that. I don't really know, but I, I imagine this is like how that kind of works there. Like they just kind of manifest energy. But the thing was, whenever he like shot his guns, like I never thought that it was like a powerful attack. It all. It even had like a puny sound. It was like a pew pew. Like it was like a silenced pistol. I don't, you know, it was like I don't know. Uh, yeah, kinda... I think I think I agree with you there. I like, yeah, it, it did feel very Dragon Ball Z, like very much, especially the way he like like the guns or whatever. But like when he was like like getting it up and it was building, I'm like, man, that's that's like Dragon Ball. Uh, yeah. But it took uh, too long to build up. Yeah. Too, so on that though, I will say I did like how each of their powers were different. And yet they were connected by that gold, you know, and they showed it so visually. You have Gilgamesh, who's super strength, but they show it through the fact that he like puts it on his arms. Like it's like super, his powers increase the super strength. Uh, and, you know, we'll talk about Gilgamesh, man. When he, when he slapped one of them, that was so cool. And he slapped one of the deviants, just like, bah, get out of here. Bah, bah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but since we were talking about Makari, I actually want to move on to Druig next. I think that's the a natural yeah. transition here. Um, again, this is my favorite character, and I think the thing that I liked the most is some of the like as far as like, I mean, from a Celestial's perspective, their mission made a lot of sense, right? But from their perspective, or from like a human perspective, it didn't make any sense. And I liked that Druig was like. Like, why wouldn't I help these people, right? Uh, it, like, they had no proof at that point that that humans needed conflict to evolve, right? So from his perspective, he's like, these people are killing each other right now. I can, I have the power to stop that. And he goes and does it. I'm like, that makes sense. And, and maybe in some perspective or another, and I know even in the moment, I was like, this is like his villain turn, right? Um, but even then, even if he was a villain in that moment, uh, his cause... I, I could get behind it, you know, and that's that's the best kind of villain. That's I always compare Killmonger, but that's why people like Killmonger. Well, and my other thing with him is just like it made sense, right? Because it's like I don't know how much he can like read their minds when he's controlling them, but it's like he's the mo like in they talk about Cersei being the most connected to the humans, but it's like that's literally his whole thing. <laughs> is I you know we didn't see him really controlling Eternals. I don't think I don't know what I'm assuming he can do it to other species, but. uh it made sense that he was speaking up for them. And like, I kind of agreed with them. Like I went in and like, I think you did too. Like my roommate did really thinking he was going to be the bad guy. And, uh, I was so pleasantly surprised to see that it wasn't that way. I know. Do I fully agree with his, like, yes, if I just control him, everything will be fixed. No, I think there are flaws in that logic too, but I think there's like a heavy medium we could get to between him and Icarus. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I, I will add, though, a little asterisk on the end. Um, like, his initial decision made sense to me, but when they finally went back to meet him in the Amazon, it seemed like he kind of got out of hand with it all. Like, exactly. Like, like, he'd, like, the second, like, any stranger walks in, he, like, takes control of everybody, and, like, it's like, dude, <laughs> I don't know about this. Well, and also, like, I mean, listen, human humans are powerful. I love his powers. But, like, they were just shooting muskets at the things. It's not going to do much. <laughs> you, your powers are useful, maybe not in combat as much as uh, some of these others. But, again, if you can control your things, imagine him controlling the Avengers. Yeah, or, or anybody that, like, comes after him. I feel like he can just snap his fingers and it's not a problem, right? Yeah, um, which is what I feel like he should have done against Icarus. But, again, maybe they can't use their powers on each other. I don't know. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I, I liked him a lot. I thought that was a cool hill tone turn for him. I liked, again, the Makari uh, connection there. I thought his connection with the... Like, again, I like I said before, I liked that there was different... Each character didn't have just one connection person. It was, like, multiple people, because I thought he had a cool relationship with Ajax, where it was kind of like this mother thing, where she, she had to just let him go. Like, she knew that the fight wasn't worth it, and at this point, he needed to go on his own path and, and follow his heart. And I love that connection. I think the whole like him and back and forth with Icarus. Like I, I, I like that Icarus. There's multiple of these people who, who him and Fastos who are, we're in the ship more who, who can't be on the battlefield, and they have almost like animosity towards their brother, you know, their family, Icarus. But it's like I like that. It was a, that made sense to me. It tracked. That's how families work. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. probably some jealousy there. You know, he Icarus is the. The you know get to the Superman, and so it makes sense that someone like who is a a teenage or at least a, you know mid twenties. I don't know if we know exactly his age, but the 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 persona he can blend in better than Sprite. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I was definitely uh, vibing with with this character. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned the mother figure here. Let's let's move on to Ajax. Um, and I don't know. I didn't have a whole lot to, to, to say about Ajax. I guess we can talk about, um, I don't know. What do you think of Ajax? I liked Ajax. I just don't think I ever got a handle. You know, Selma, great actress. I think the scene she was in was captivating. I think it's just hard when we walk in and really the first real present time that we see her, she's dead, you know? So it's hard to really connect to a character when it's like, I think she served her purpose. She was a catalyst. She was that was her role um do i love it no but like i do think as it was written it was done well for what they wanted her to do if that makes sense okay well well let's talk about this here because um just uh heads up to the audience we're gonna have a lot of news stories to talk about at the end of this um but we'll, we'll go ahead and throw one in here um it, it seems like selma hayek has signed on for multiple uh marvel movies which i think is um, Tommy, I mentioned this to you. I, I, it makes me nervous. You know, where's this going? Uh, are they bringing her back? Cause you know, it, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know that, uh, I, I like when deaths are permanent. Like I like when they like, like in, in a universe, you have to have boundaries, right. And you have to like understand how things work. And from my perspective, death should be final. Um, so what, what do you think of this? Does this, uh, is it flashbacks? Is she coming back to life? Uh, or, oh, another thought I had was um, maybe there are multiple Selma Hayek's because she was kind of like the leader of these Eternals, but could there be the same Selma Hayek leading other Eternals? I think that's definitely a possibility. Do I love that? It's better than the other option. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think if any of these characters that died come back, I will. It will be lower in my rankings. I do think that that would hurt the film because I am the same way. One of the things I liked about uh, Endgame was the fact that, like, at least as of now, most of the deaths had some, you know, weight to it. Uh, I think that as much as I love somebody, like, I would love to see Gilgamesh again. I would love to, but I but I can't because there has to be that consequence. Um, I think it will be a prequel. I, that's my hope, I guess, more than I think. I hope it's a prequel. I hope it like is more to tell us more about the Celestials. You know, maybe they go back to that. I can see what you're saying of like maybe she's running other teams. Like there's other robots that look like her, almost like a you know like a. She'll have a different personality. She'll have different thoughts. It won't be the person we know. I don't know if I love that because then it's like, just have someone else. If you're doing something completely different, I get you want to maybe like reward this actress, and maybe that's where it's coming from. But I'd rather it just be a whole new character then. I hear you. I hear you. Um, well, you mentioned this character a lot. Let's let's move on to let's move on to Gilgamesh. Um, another another character death here. Um, yeah, I really liked uh, obviously the whole story between Gilgamesh and Athena. Um, like I talked about choices and what makes a character, and it it always comes down to the choices. And I felt like the choice to like sacrifice, like his like all of these characters had an eternity on Earth, right? And he used his to look out for Thena. And I thought that was beautiful. And we didn't get a whole lot of this character, but I, I thought that was awesome. I might have to, he might be my favorite. Oh man, did my heart feel. Because, like, I identify a little bit with Gilgamesh. This, like, you know, not that I'm super muscly like him, but, like, this, like, almost like, like, beefier guy that's got a heart of gold kind of thing. And that's how I felt for him. And it was, like, really touching. Um, and I also love that, like, We'll talk more about him specifically, but with Thena, I love, and maybe other people don't feel this way. I kind of like that they didn't really define the relationship fully. You know, we it could be a friendship or romantic. I'm taking it as romantic because it definitely pushed that way. But like, it they never. I don't think they ever kissed in the film. They didn't. You know, they never mentioned. It was just seen as like, no, they're just they're life partners, and I loved that. I I love that that he picked up when she, her memories are going, and everyone's like, everyone was like, no, we can't lose her, but no one said that they would they would be there with her except for him he said no i will i will make sure that she doesn't hurt anyone he put that responsibility on himself he's a good guy and when he came out with like little kiss the chef's apron there was like fun jokes with him too as much as he's like this serious like there was fun jokes with him when when uh i love their their family dinner scene you know as much as now it's tainted by the betrayal of icarus it was fun when they're all like joking with each other and you see like Sprite, you know, put the little baby suit on him. He's like, what, am I just a big baby? Like that had me rolling. That was so funny. Yeah, no, uh, Gil Gilgamesh is awesome. And it is sad that we won't get more, but we have to have boundaries. Um, I, I have to have boundaries. I'll speak for myself. Um, but yeah, anything else stick out for you with Gilgamesh? I mean, that that it, it's it's not a lot there, but it is powerful stuff. What is there? Yeah, and I think he needed to go. He was like this, you know, he solved a lot of their problems, especially with Thena. Like, Thena was obviously having issues, and, like, you could count on Gilgamesh to, to, to figure it out. And you could count on him. He was the strong one. You know, like I said, he slapped the creatures around. He was – and and losing him was such a, a big punch to for me, for the team. I think also for me it was just, like, his, his loyalty was just right there. I don't know. Like, he just – 
I can't say enough good things about him. I really like how the actor played him. Um, I loved like the subtle moments he had. I'm just very high on uh, Kogamesh and like with, and you, you, if you have more about Kogamesh, we can stay there, but I do think there was a cool nod to, there's a comic where Athena falls for a deviant. And I don't know if this is purposeful, but the nod at the end where, and we can get into deviant at some point, And that's probably my biggest gripe is the stupid Ultron looking deviant that is self-aware. Felt like a Rick and Morty episode, Michael felt like a moment where it's like, I, I know I, you are the monsters. And then he goes running off. Ugh. But that fight scene at the end, when he's using Gilgamesh's uh, voice to trick Thena, I don't know. That felt like a nod to that comic where she was, there was like a relationship with one. I don't know. That was like a nice subtle one without making it as weird as like, yeah, that's a weird moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so again, we'll talk, we'll talk about, uh, uh, like, uh, kind of weaving some questions in here. We got another one from Logan Bits, uh, kind of, uh, bouncing off, uh, Gilgamesh a little bit here, but, um, Tommy, uh, if you had to pick a power here, which one would you like? And, uh, Logan also says we can create one. I, I'm not creative enough to do that, but what, what, which power is your favorite that, or you would like to have? Oh man. Uh, I'm going to highlight some, but then I'll pick one. Uh, Sprite's illusions really interest me as someone who likes storytelling. I do think that's really fascinating to me. Um, Gilgamesh's strength, super fascinating to me, but I think the one I would have to go with is Faso's, uh, I think my, our friend Alex Brizard has named it techno psychic or I am butchering it. I'm so sorry, but, uh, uh, just his, his technology power with the brain I thought was really interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to go Sprite here. Um, yeah, I love the illusions, whether it be like the invisibility or, um, yeah, like the the tricks that, that she could play. Like, I feel like I feel like if anybody has the best fodder to be like a prankster, it would be Sprite. Which, uh, and again, it's like, I mean, what am I gonna do with uh, like a uh, laser eyes, right? Like, <laughs> uh, cook a bagel, maybe. <laughs> um. Anything else about Gilgamesh you have? No, nah, that's uh, that's it. That's it. Yeah, just like just like the movie, we're just gonna end them here. Uh, well, let's let's move on to uh, Thena then. Do you Thena. have any thoughts on Thena? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, uh, I've talked about the spectrum of the Eternals, right? And they're all in their different places, and and like it made a lot of sense that like, uh, and maybe you can get into like more technically how this works, but it was my understanding in the movie that like she had been alive so long that like, she was kind of like malfunctioning. Right. Um, and like, I thought again, like none of the other Eternals are like that, but she's kind of in her own place where, where it's really started to weigh on her a lot. And I don't know. I, I like, I mean, I don't want to say I like it cause she was clearly like in a bad place with it all, but um, it was interesting for the character. Yeah, I think with Athena, like, first of all, I already said, I love the Greek mythology. That's why she's one of my favorites. I love the idea that she's Athena and the fact that, like, yeah, she's this, like, warrior and this the god of war, but she's also the goddess of war, but she's also, like, wise. And I'm glad they got that sign of Athena, of, like, this wiseness to her. Um, at times, I think the only thing that felt a little wonky with me is, like, it's, it's Angelina Jolie. She should be the leading star. And at times I felt like Dina took too much of a backseat. Like she should be one of the leaders, I would think. But I didn't mind that, like, no, she's just a warrior. She knows her place. She she gives advice when asked, but she's not going to overstep her boundary. Um, obviously, she's still dealing with a lot of stuff. I saw the memory loss as, like, 
they told us, you know, Ajax said that it was because of, oh, it's just too much memories. This will happen to all of us. I saw it more as once you find out the truth that they're robots and all this stuff. I think they just did a bad job of reprogramming her. That's like, which I don't like that answer as much, but I do think that's what it was, at least from my point of view, is they didn't program her right. So she had knowledge that they blew up other plants and she was trying to warn them. And that's where it was coming from was that like inside of her mind, it was like this alert that was trying to send out to the others. Yeah, Tommy, I don't know about you. If if we had done a death draft for this movie, I would have picked Thena here. And and for the same reasons that you mentioned, um, this is a massive actress, right? And it's almost like it's kind of broken the boundaries of like there is like uh there is like a line in the sand in Hollywood where there are some actors and actresses that refuse to do Marvel movies, right? I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but Timothy Chalamet said that he didn't reveal the name, but he said one of his first advice as an actor from one of his childhood heroes was don't do any superhero movies. And I think there is a lot of like that stigma around it um, in Hollywood. And I, and I, I would have guessed that Angelina Jolie would have fallen into that category. So the fact that she was in this movie and she was casted, I thought she was going to die. Like, I didn't think she'd want to sign on for multiple movies. So I, did you, did, was, was that in your mind at all? It's a kind of a meta take there, but. Yeah, I don't know if I like specifically was like, I think she's going to die, but I didn't think she was going to like continue. She definitely felt like that like piece. That I was like, I'm surprised you signed up for this. I think in the same way you're saying, um, I think like if I had to pick a character, even during the film, I thought Bassos was going to die so so many times. When he was, like, mocking at Chris, I'm like, oh, no, I'm like, get out of there. you got a family. Get back. <laughs> Go. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying with Thena. I think there was that sense with Angelina Jolie. I think it's what I'm saying, too, of, like, it, if she's going to do something, you would almost imagine it would be a bigger role. And because I was surprised that they didn't, you know, if it was going to be a sidekick, it would, she would get that, like, hero's death. Right. So, um, well, you mentioned Fastos. Why don't we move on to Fastos here? Um, again, I mentioned Brian Tyree Henry, probably one of my favorite uh, modern actors, right? I love this guy. I was so excited to see him. And, and maybe the reason, um, maybe, maybe it is that like bias or, or like me coming in loving Atlanta, right? Uh, maybe, maybe that was the issue I had with this character is because I knew he could offer so much more. And while like, um, yeah, like Makari and Kingo were kind of uh, underserved. Uh, I expected a lot from Brian Tyree Henry, and I-, I was sad to not get more from this character. Yeah, I think his knack for comedy in the moments that weren't like he had such a knack. And I think like someone to me said to me like the trailer. There was like one scene where it was like this. I they they do the IKEA like this is an IKEA table, but it hit so much better in the movie because you have more context there, right? And that's again grapes about trailers. I know Michael's heard me already, but I, I so many gripes about the trailers, and there's one that I haven't mentioned yet that's going to come up with the character. Uh, but I, I think with Bastos, what I liked is we really didn't see much from him in the beginning. It was kind of a mystery, and I liked that they did this. We didn't, we heard a little bit from him. We heard him like try to do the technology. He had the funny moment where he tried to uh, make uh, Babylon, I think, way more advanced than like give them steam power. And Ajax was like, "No, like you can't do that. <laughs> you can't just give them everything." And I like that. And then I think, like, I like that they kept it kind of a mystery because it led up to the scene of him just crying at Hiroshima. And and that moment of, like, 
you know, and some people have taken it as like he made the nuclear bomb. I didn't take that way. I took it as he's taking responsibility for it because in his eyes, he started the technology advancement of human society. That's how I saw it a little bit more. But that was tragic. And it, I really thought he was going to turn into the villain after that scene. When he says, like, I don't care for these people. These people suck. And the fact that, like, they made, they said that. They set that president. And then quickly, right afterwards, is like, no, he changed his mind because of a family. And they did it well. They, they really set that up for me um, in a way that worked and made sense. And so I agree with you. I wanted more. I, I did but I do like, I think it was done purposely, at least for me. And if it wasn't, it worked that way. Yeah, actually, I mean, well, surprisingly, now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I, I do have a lot to say about Fastos. I'll, I'll give you two tidbits here. First, I want to piggyback on the Hiroshima thing. I, I don't know if you're on page with, like, I, I didn't see any of anybody else complaining about this, but I don't know if I like that. Um, and maybe it's because I, I just finished a podcast recently, uh, uh, Hardcore History, and they talk about the history of the nuclear bomb and they go into great and graphic detail about Hiroshima. And like for me now, it still feels like like one of the most tragic and like horrible things to happen in human history. Right. And and like I realized that it was so long ago, but it, st- it almost felt too soon. Like I was like, we're really going to Hiroshima right now. Like the, like I don't know. It's like especially now, like this day and age, like um. Uh, people are starting to turn on America a little bit, right? We're, we're starting to like question some of the things that we stand for and, and looking at other countries and, and saying, uh, seeing things that we want from them. Right. Um, and again, I think it's like something I, I, it felt too soon. I know that might sound funny, but I was like, I don't know that I like that part of the movie. I hear you. I guess I just think of like, cause I do agree. It, it did feel that way. And I'm like, I'm trying to think of what other, what they could have used instead, I guess is where I'm at. And it's like, when you think of, technology failures like what was the big i would say not i guess something we not see it as a failure but a a technology maybe we went too far and i would say the nuclear bomb is that example it's the it's the one thing we can say where it's like we probably should take a step back this was not this is not okay to have in people's hands yeah and maybe the again like uh it was it was a good mechanic for me to feel something because here I am like questioning like everything about that. Like I still think about this event and, and like a, a hugely tragic way. So um, the fact that they were able to use that as a piece of the story feels a little weird to me, but it was also effective. So um, I also want to talk about, we mentioned, um, so uh, let me start by talking about Loki and some of the stuff that's happened in the past. Right. Um, I had a huge rant when we talked about Loki and the fact that they kind of alluded to that he was uh, pansexual. Right. Um, they never like, uh, and I, I called them cowards. I was like, if you like, if you really want to embrace like being open-minded and, and being an ally to LGBT uh, communities, um, putting Loki in a relationship is the best way to do that. And I was like, uh, I was like, I, because for so long, like even Valkyrie, right? Like there were interviews that were coming out. I was like, ooh, actually Valkyrie's bisexual. It's like, but you're not showing that in the story. So you're just saying that in an interview. Is the character actually bisexual if you're not willing to represent them? So no, I just it was went, after everyone already assumed, like everyone was like, oh, she's bisexual. And they were like, yep, that's, like it yeah. almost felt like they just jumped on the wagon. Right. Um, but for once, and I, I've talked about like, I feel like this is like the new era of Marvel, right? They've, they've kind of reinvented themselves. This is like a heel turn. And they actually gave us uh, uh, a gay couple. And like, that is like something that brings me joy. Like, 
because uh, again, I was like, I was screaming about this in the past, and and we finally got it. And again, going back to like some of the awful reviews and and people uh, uh, not liking this movie, and this might be being a reason. Like it makes me so mad. Like like on one hand, I'm so happy this happened, and it makes me so mad about like the industry of film critics as a whole. So um, there's that. And uh, I, I could go on and on about that. Like, it makes me emotional even, so. No, I agree wholeheartedly with you. And, like, I like that it wasn't just – someone said, like, I thought, oh, it would just be, like, a little peck or something. I like that they stayed on it. I like that they, like, built that relationship even. Like, you know, they have ten characters, like we've been talking about, and we wanted to see more of them. But I did like that they gave uh, him and his husband and his family a lot of screen time. You know, I love the scene where they're, like, after the, the aftermath of, of killing a celestial, and his husband is, like – Wait, you guys did that? And Fast is like, this is why I love you. Like, you're so cute. Like, it was like one of those. And it was so organic. And so I, I would watch a whole show of them just being like their cute selves, just having their relationship. It was adorable. And it was like, it was a, a very um, hopeful moment in a very conflicted movie. You know, like I've said many times, a lot of these people had different views on humanity, different views on how they should handle it as a team. And it was nice to have like that kind of like shining beacon in that, you know? Yes. Yeah, so um, let's, let's move on here. I, I don't know, Tommy, should we go for like some of the heavy hitter characters or should we hit some of the smaller characters first? Cause we still got a couple others. They're not uh, uh, necessarily. Uh, let's do some quick, quick characters and then let's okay. jump into the, the big, I mean, who do we have left? Just the big two. Well, yeah, there's that, but then I, I, I want Dane. We can touch on Dane yeah. here. Um, well, yeah. What do you think about? So I'll, I'll say this. Uh, hearing Kit Harrington being a big Game of Thrones fan and a final season apologist, uh, I was super excited to see Kit Harrington in this movie. Well, um, Rob Stark, you get Rob in Kit, and they're yelling for Cersei. I mean, it's literally everything you want for a Game of Thrones, Michael. Yes, yes. Um, but uh, I, a big, big Jon Snow fan here, so happy to see this. But I was shocked how little he was in it, and you know, we'll talk about the post credit scene a little later. But um, yeah, well, like it. Here's sorry, I'm like all over the place. But an, another point here that I really like. A lot of times in superhero movies or like action movies or you, you get like the big macho man hero, right? And then like their wife like comes in to like motivate them for a second and then you don't see them for the rest of the movie. Dane kind of had that role here. Like he wasn't really in it. Like he was just kind of like uh, affecting uh, uh, some of the action. But uh, I thought it was interesting that, like, the man got sidelined in this relationship. So uh, I'm not necessarily mad at it. I know we'll get more. So what do you think of Dane? Yeah, I mean, Dane was one of those characters. I knew he was the Black Knight. And I was, like, waiting for, like, more of that information to come out. But I kind of liked that this movie wasn't about him and his story arc and his hero, hero or villain, you know, wherever the Black Knight goes. Cause... But uh, it wasn't about that. And so for me, I think um, that for me, uh, the thing with Dane was it, it was he was there as like a like you're dipping your whole t your your toesies in the pool, you know, Michael. Like it's like this movie wasn't about him. So like as much as I was like I wanted more, I'm okay that he was kind of second thought. I didn't like that Sprite was just like telling him all this information. Like Sprite, you know, but that's another thing where I'm like Sprite maybe. Like, maybe Sprite told Dane all that stuff. So, because, like, you know, obviously, 
she wanted Dane to be with Cersei so she could, could maybe be with her Chris. I don't know. That's where my mind went now that you know that fact. So it's like now it kind of makes sense why she was telling him all this because she felt like lying to him would make him run away. So if she told him all of this, then they could be together and she can be happy with Icarus. I don't know. That's where my mind went. Um, I liked it. And then, you know, we'll talk about the post credit scene with Dane because that's, I mean, that made me feel better about his character because of the big reveals at the end uh, with his. But I like the small nods. You know, one of the things that I didn't pick up till just before we came on was that Cersei gives him a ring and it talks about the family, you know, ring that he has. It's a Black Knight ring which is like a big deal. Like the whole thing with Black Knight is a lot of ancestry, a lot of uh, passing things down. You know, they, she even mentions his uncle, who was not a great guy. And then, you know, in the comics, it was the, and mentions how he needs to make amends. They're setting stuff up. And I like that they did that. Yeah. I, I don't have too much else to say about um, Dane here, but, but, but since we're on the topic, we'll go ahead and dive into the, the love triangle. How about it? Uh, where do you want to go first? You want to talk about Cersei or, or Icarus? Let's let's go with Icarus. I think there's a lot of meat there. Let's go with Icarus. Yeah. So, and, and uh, Tommy, I know just from talking to you, um, uh, I, I really, I did not, ex- I did not see the turn coming. Right. I did not expect Icarus to be bad. I knew the only character I knew going into this was Icarus, right? And I knew that he was a leader of the Celestials. That's that's or not the the uh, the Eternals. So uh, I did not see this coming. I don't know if this is in the comics. I, I don't know anything about it, um, but I loved it. I feel like they took a big swing here. I, I, I don't think this is in the comics. So, uh, yeah. And also, like, uh, I just thought hit the, the portrayal of the character. Um, I, I thought the acting was really great. Um, I thought the powers were really cool. Um, you get some, like... Uh, Homelander, Omni-Man uh, vibes in there, which look, uh, I, I like villains with laser eyes, let's put it that way. Yeah, there's a lot of things, and he's a character I want to rewatch because I think he's really going to pop on a rewatch seeing the the connections there, seeing, seeing what his plan... I agree with you, I, I had no idea. I know people did, I know some people saw it coming. I think they did a really good job of hiding... I never really questioned why he left Cersei. Yeah, it was a question I had, but I was like, they'll get to it. And it's like, it never crossed my mind that he could have known something. And that's why, you know, and I even knew about like the Ajax plot. Like I knew, you know, obviously he tells early on, but I knew like a little bit of that lore from Eternals that like, yeah, the Celestials like destroy a planet. Like that's the whole thing is like, they, so I knew that was potentially coming into this movie but I never saw that one of them would turn. And it's so obvious now in my head, like it's so obvious that one of them was going to turn, but I never saw it coming. I think the other thing with him, uh, I do know that, you know, and, and again, this is my last grab about trailers is I do know for some people, they did see it coming because of trailers. The second trailer shows that Ajax explaining the insurgents and all that stuff and explaining all of it to him. And so when the movie starts up and and you start going in and before the movie, I think you wouldn't have picked anything up. But, but by the time you get into the movie and you see that Ajax is dead, one of my friends was like, yeah, like I realized that like he must turn because like clearly that scene happened and he either didn't like it or something. You know, they had a conversation uh, and now she's dead. So that seems sus. Now, still go watch trailers. Trailers are beautiful. They do a lot of things. For me, and maybe you're out there and you feel the same way, 
this is one of the examples of why I, I do stay away from trailers. Yeah, my advice is to watch it and then just erase it from your mind, if possible. Because <laughs> I agree. No, that's definitely a thing that happens. So, uh, And I forgot to mention, like, as far as the jokes, like the Ikea joke, which uh, I got to look. Uh, I laughed when the trailer came out. Like, I was going to laugh one way or another and i just happened to laugh when the trailer came out so um yeah uh so i want to talk about this uh another character death here that i was not expecting or is it i don't really know tommy i want you to break this down he flew into a sun i kind of saw it come. I, I, the minute it, i mean that's icarus's whole thing right you fly too close to the sun that's literally the model we've heard you know from uh I, I didn't know how, but I definitely thought they were going to tie that in. I thought maybe he was going to. I thought that maybe he would do something um, that was stupid, but like he was—he thought it would help the team, like like a self-sacrifice that really wasn't necessary, something like that, like a metaphoric flying to the sun. Now, did I think he would literally fly into the sun? No, <laughs> but I did think there would be some reference to that lore. Yeah, it was just wild to me. Like, I did not see that coming at all. Um, again, knowing that he was, like, the leader of the Eternals, like, uh, and then um, it's just wild to think that, like, uh, even Marvel went there, you know? He, uh, you know, I, I, I don't get too deep into it, trigger warning and all that, but he committed suicide, right? And, like, uh, that was very dark. And, again, yeah. like, I think they're tackling like a lot deeper subjects that they wouldn't have done before. And uh, yeah, I just, I didn't think that Marvel would ever do something like that. But I, I like it better than the last minute. Um, He does something good and then dies. Like the other franchise we talk about at Star Wars, what they did with Ben. I personally was not a fan of the fact that he had this like redemption arc at the end. He did a lot of terrible stuff. And that's how I feel about it, Chris. He killed a lot of people. He shouldn't have a, a, a happy ending. And so the fact that, like, again, I'm not the suicide part of it. I do agree with you. It is dark. And it's like, I was surprised Marvel went there. But the idea that, like, there was no forgiveness for him at that point. You know, he was he could justify Ajax's death and Gilgamesh's death by saying, well, it was for this Celestial. But the minute he gave, like, he did have that redemption of, like, he, he let it happen. He let them do this. But then it's like, for what? And so after the fact, I feel like he came down and he's like, I like I cannot he couldn't even forgive himself and so that's how I kind of saw it is where he just went so deep that it's like at that point he, he he couldn't he couldn't look at his own reflection he couldn't um process what all he did yeah and and you mentioned like he did a good thing before like or like a redemption even I don't I didn't even really read it no. as that it was more like he realized he lost like and he wasn't yeah. going to continue to fight his friends because um they were winning right so um it's more like he just uh, he, he threw up a white flag, if anything else. So, um, Tommy, I want to ask about this real quickly, just since we're kind of talking about this final fight and everything. Um, what did you think about like the celestial coming out, like um, the emergence from Earth, and then and then uh, obviously Cersei freezing? Uh, what what do you think about all this? Was this like uh, did you think it was weird? Did you think it was cool? I thought it was weird, but I thought, man, if you're gonna, have, you need stakes, like and and. The fact that there is now a giant celestial just sitting in the ocean is wild. I also have implications of like when did the lava all come out of the core of the earth? When did the planet are like I guess maybe he's like blocking the hole now? Maybe the celestial is like blocking it so it's not getting out. But I have a lot of questions where it comes to there. But yeah, I, I it worked for me. Um and I think like 
the idea that the celestial like there could be more with it i don't know what else they could do with it but it is intriguing that there's now just this essence of what does the rest of the world you know we see the news report at the end but what does the world think um yeah i think all that worked for me because i think at that point i was already bought in like they got me you know so it's like regardless if it didn't work it worked for me yeah i just thought the visual was spectacular like uh she turned him into marble it looked like and like yeah yeah, he became like a statue almost and i thought it was really cool i love that and again i like i just like that whole setup you have sprite and you have that moment where you see ajak like that we you know we didn't talk about with sprite but it's like yeah you had that whole moment where like cersei's running to stop the celestial and you have sprite stopper and they had that moment that i talked about earlier and then you have icarus break out of fasto's you know cool uh, grips and comes in and can't kill cersei and you know that is the core their relationship is a big part of this movie they, they bring it up a lot and i think it made sense. I, it's hard to, I guess it's like one of those things where I'm like, well, why didn't you make this decision like 10 minutes ago when you were all having a discussion, a heated discussion in the ship? Like why now? And maybe it's seeing it and actually like, it's one thing to say uh, you're going to, you're going to stop someone, but it's another thing to do it. And so, especially the person you've loved for centuries. Yeah, my other thing is, again, like, kind of like, uh, I think if all the Eternals were at, like, half power, like, I feel like he would have no problem, like, just flicking them away, you know? Like, if he really was that strong. But they gave him a run for his money, so, I, like, I think he realized. And they were, like, they were right there. They were going to do it anyways. Well, like, how did Druid survive? Like, they never, I, I'm great with it. I just still don't understand how he survived Icarus's attack. Um it, but you know like i said i think overall i didn't mind his hill turn and i felt like it was just i felt like they gave us enough reasons that i bought into um it, it didn't feel like he wanted to he felt like he had to and i think there's a there's a clear distinction between those um and i think for me the other part of him and we can use this to tie into the other character Cersei, we can dive into is like their relationship i don't know if it worked as well as the other ones for me, like some of the other relationships, and maybe it's because it was so in our face. Um, and I think that's okay. I will say there was something powerful of them being like these gods around these humans, and they're sitting there and they're touching each other's hands and the the crazy sex scene. It's just shoulders. It's just shoulders, <laughs> guys. Yeah, Marvel, you cowards. Step it yeah. up. <laughs> no, Michael, no. <laughs> uh no, well, I did want to talk about this for a while. You kind of touched on it briefly. What, what do you make of DC becoming canon in the Marvel Universe? They they refer to Icarus as Superman. And I thought it was interesting that Icarus was like, I don't wear a cape. Like, it was almost like a shot of DC there. Like, we're too good for capes. It was, I don't mind it. It's in the world. Why not? Uh, you know, it's in our world. So give them the shout out. Why not? It, it, you guys are Marvel. No one's going to leave you because you mentioned DC and it's like, Oh, well maybe we should check out that DC stuff. Like they're fine. It wasn't even just the only mention, you know, they mentioned uh, the cameraman, the ballet being like Kiko's uh, uh, Alfred. <laughs> they yeah. like mentioned it a couple of times. The other thing, this is a complete tangent, but speaking of Kiko is like, I know you wanted to talk about was like uh, the fun Easter egg he had on his airplane. Yes, we see uh, uh, Captain America's uh, first shield, right? Uh, it was on his on his little private jet. I don't I don't they, know why. I don't know how he got that. No idea. And like you can see, 
you know, even in their ship uh, named the Domo, uh, you can see like tons of Easter eggs of different like U.S. or not even U.S. but all world artifacts in there. And uh, I, there's a lot. This is a film that I think you can watch back and see a lot of nods and things like that. And I think that that show's cool. Again, no idea how he got it. No idea why it's there. It's probably a replica knowing Kiko, honestly. Yeah, yeah, true. So, okay, well, let's dive into Cersei a little bit more here. Um, uh, I, I, I gotta say, I, I was not familiar. I, I believe it's, uh, here I go, Bertrand Emigans, Gemma Chen, I think is her name. I was not aware of this actress before, but... And, like, again, kind of looking at this cast, um, you get Angelina Jolie, you get um, uh, Makari, uh, that actress I love a lot. Like, I thought, like, uh, Selma Hayek, I felt like any of these, these are, like, big names, at least for me. Like, again, I don't know what, what else she's been in, but those were, like, really big names that seemed like they were the side characters while she got this platform. And I'm so glad she did. I, 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 this is one of my favorite roles, so I love Cersei. Fun fact, she was already in a Marvel film, Michael. Tell me in. She played, um, I don't remember the character in Captain Marvel. She was one of the um, the part of the team that I believe Captain Marvel was on. I don't, I saw it recently, I think it popped on Twitter, like people put like, like yeah, like she played this character and now she's Cersei. Um, yeah. That's wild. Yep. Wait, uh, but wait, yeah. So do you think that was the same character though? Like as no, it's a full full alien makeup. I see it as like two entities, you know. Oh, I see. I didn't realize yeah, the yeah. makeup. Yeah, yeah, it's like full makeup. You you won't even know. I think like it's like one of those. It, it, well, that would get be away with it. It, it would kind of be interesting knowing that they've been around for like the entirety of Earth. And if we do another flashback film like Captain Marvel, you can kind of like fit one of these characters in there as they're like kind of like playing a role. Well, it would be cool if like what if they were Eternals and like that was just like. You know, they, they make the robots look like wherever they're going. So, I don't know. It's a lot, but it would be cool. Uh, I don't think that's actually why, because I think she had different powers and stuff. But uh, uh, either way, cool for them to like be like, hey, we liked you in this, but we want to give you a bigger starring role in this film now. We want to bring you up into Eternals. And I agree with you. Like, the big names are the side characters. But it's, like, funny because it's, like, I like Cersei. I really did. I like Icarus, like I said. But honestly, they're, like neither of us named them as our favorites. And I think a lot of that goes to is, they're holding a lot of the emotional solemnness, a lot of like broodiness. And between the both of them, they're very in a good way. And I don't think that's the actor and the actress's fault. I think they played it phenomenal. I think it's just the way it was written. I think a lot of that was just put on their shoulders to bear. Um, and I think they did it beautifully, but I do think there was a sense of like, uh, I, I feel like I didn't get as excited to see them. Like I got excited because they progressed the plot and I was, into them but it wasn't like when i saw like i like i smile when i think about good mesh you know yeah yeah no i i feel that and it, yeah it, maybe maybe more stoic is the word i would use right yeah um so um yeah i don't know i i, I feel like we've covered a lot of these characters through talking to some of the others I, I don't have a whole lot more to say about cersei um i i don't know I, I'm, I'm not as convinced that her powers are as strong as you say they are um like I, it seemed like there were a lot of rules. Let you me ask go you, okay. stop a celestial, Michael. <laughs> That's true, I guess. But it took her a long time too. Like uh, it's kind of like Kinga charging up the gun. None of the other ones did. Yeah, he she needed their help, but like no one else could. Like, ah, I, well, here's the other I thing because she said that she couldn't transform sentient creatures. What is a celestial? Well, her powers evolved. Okay, her powers changed, Michael. That's right. Sure. Well, let me ask you this. So she turned one of the deviants into a tree, or what? Did she turn the water into a tree, forming 
No, I think that was the whole point. Everyone was like, you've never done that before. Yeah. You, you, like, what? And so that was like, the yeah, moment. I don't know. So, yeah, it's like I think before that she couldn't. And then she she just believed, Michael. That's <laughs> all it takes, I guess. That's all it takes. Maybe it's the connection, you know, the weird, like, orb that goes into her neck. Like, you didn't think – you thought you were a human and you saw Ajax get a giant orb come out of her neck? Clearly she's robotic. They should have known from the beginning. <laughs> I mean, fair. Okay. Um, yeah, what, what else do you have on Cersei? Yeah, I think, like I said, I think as much as I'm saying, like, uh, she was weak for me, I do think she was a strong uh, starring role of the film. I think, like I said, I think everything I'm saying is, like, not weak, weak is not the right word. Stoic, I think, is the right way you're, you're saying it. It's, like, I think she needed to be the stoic character um, and and be that driving force and be that voice for the humans. You know, like, I think without her, I think the other ones, even the ones that, that sided with her, I think they would have gave up. And yet she didn't give up. She never gave up, and uh, she it really worked. I'm excited to see more from her. I really some people don't like how they ended it with her and 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 Thena and and Bastard. I think those were the three that were taken. Um, was Drew Drew might have been there too? Um, I'm assuming anyone that was on Earth was taken. You know, Drew went off, so it was the the, the three that was still there. Um, I I kind of liked again consequences. I like that the slushies weren't just like, all right, you made this decision for the Earth. We're okay with it. Like, no, we need to investigate this. This is a big deal to us. I like that. I, again, consequences. Yeah, and it's a lot of buildup to whatever comes next, right? I, I've heard some rumor. I, I don't even remember where I saw this, so uh, you know, don't take it with a grain of salt. But I, I heard there may not even be an Eternals too, and instead there might just be splinter movies from these characters. Um, but I, I thought it was like very, like a very ominous way to end it all when you see that celestial in the sky and. Uh, yeah, like uh, that that threat looming over yeah. them. I thought that was fascinating. I, I mean, Kevin Feige has been said, has said that like, this is a turning point for Marvel. Like Eternals is going to impact Marvel and take it in a new direction. Now, again, that's why I'm so frustrated with all these critics. I know I said I wasn't going to bring them up, but hey, maybe I'm like a kiss. Maybe sometimes I lie. Uh, but I think for me, that's why I need these people to stop because it's like, I'm worried that Marvel's going to get two in their head. Disney's going to be getting two in their head and be like, all right, maybe it's not worth the squeeze. We let's just not, let's not rock the boat, rock the boat, please rock the boat. Yes. Now we love, we love, because so often like, uh, you know, that was a big complaint for us with Falcon and the winter soldier. Right. It was, I was like, this is, you know, this is more of the same, right? Uh, like a lot of the same themes, a lot of the same like style, a lot of like the same, but like it's very ordinary to the MCU. So yeah, reinvent yourself every single movie. Like it doesn't all have to be the same. So uh, yeah, I'm all about that. So yeah, we've been waiting centuries. We've been waving through so much of the same old same. And we've had to be like, it's good. We, we'll deal with it. It's better than nothing. I'm not saying it's better than nothing here. I'm saying I, I like it. Yeah, so uh, I, I think we've covered all our characters here. I mean, I, I know we probably missed some things here and there but based on just how we did that format. I mean, is there anything else about the movie itself that you want to touch on? I think, like, real quick, my like quick things I want to talk about is just the two other big, you know, we have the Eternals, we also have the Celestials and the Deviants. I think, like, real quick, just the Celestials, I like I said, I've mentioned them a lot. I like them. I, I liked the gravitas and it gets me excited there's a lot of uh beings as powerful than that there's one specifically that i'm thinking of starts with the letter g you know we just got uh the rights back to the to him i think they could do it right and it's not gonna be a giant miss monster yeah yeah, yeah. so uh 
Yeah, I, I heard a lot of complaints about the deviants as well. Um, uh, I think people didn't like necessarily that that whole storyline. But for me, it was almost like uh, I, I was fine that that was more pushed to the wayside, right? And there were just more of like a smaller element to this bigger story. Like I think a lot of people expected that to be um, the the big bad of this series or the of this movie, right? So uh, yeah, you know, I didn't love them or anything, and and I actually like whenever i guess you compared the one to ultron that like kind of transformed into more of a humanoid looking character that didn't, that didn't bother me either you know i was like yeah i mean maybe it's a little hokey but it's marvel and like it kind of fits within the universe for me i think they were they were one of the best baddie uh, uh underlings like in the sense of like you think Henshaw. about yeah you think about avengers with like the Katari, they didn't really do much for me. I felt like these actually had a weight. I felt like they were powerful. I actually felt like they could kill them on their own. Like, it's like I didn't, even though they weren't, like, the the real big bad, which was Icarus, I guess, or the Celestials, whatever you want it to be. But I did feel like they, there was weight. You know, we saw them kill. We saw them kill Gogovich. We saw them almost take Thena, who's one of the, the, the biggest fighters and was able to, to, so that stuff I didn't mind. It was just for me, that one moment of, I was just so into it. I was literally like smiling the movie. And that was the one moment where it's like, it almost felt like, like a, like a fourth wall break a little bit when it was like, cause also I'm like, well, if you feel that way, why aren't you both teaming together and fighting the Celestials then? Why are you still fighting each other? If like the DV is now aware and it's like, oh, I see that we've just been pitted against each other, but you're the monsters. It's like, well, can you see that they've also been played? They, I guess there's just a lot more questions I have when you make the deviants more aware. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I, I guess my thing was I, I just always pictured them as like an ancient rivalry, right? Or, or like you could even compare it to like a rivalry among schools. Um, and it's like, well, why why do you guys actually dislike each other? It's like, well, if we they don't, it's just been a thing that's happened for a long time, you know. So it was more like uh, it was more like uh, cats and dogs, right? Uh, just a natural enemy. So. Yeah, and and like I said, it did it did work for me in the sense that like for 90% of the film. It's just that one thing that just took me out for a second, but I'm glad that he's not, I was worried he was just going to be out there and they were just going to not focus on it again. But I'm glad they brought it into the final battle and you see that. And like that final battle, we haven't talked, we, we haven't mentioned at all, like just like how great the, the, the fight scenes are. I really liked the fight scenes as a whole. Um, and just like it was visually beautiful, not just like, choreographed but just like the cinematography all that everything production was very well done i thought yeah no oh my especially that final fight it's just like uh just seeing like all the different powers come together and um yeah just and even the the one in the amazon like uh you mentioned just like just the little things gilgamesh slapping people and and yeah man it's just uh so visually stunning how could you not like this movie I mean, I'm not going to give you guys too much crap if you don't, but I mean, oh, it's just, I, it's so cool. Like, yeah. it's cool. It's, it's cool. All the kids are doing it. <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. Like this movie. Yeah. Everyone likes it. But yeah, I think that's, that's really it for them. Again, the Celestials, I like, I think the only thing I want to talk about is Time Up, the one that, the little baby one that's now dead, which, like, you know, is like, it's so different than the comics. Time Up is actually, like, kind of comes to an agreement with humans because the whole idea is, like, Time has been just sleeping while humans have been 
doing their stuff. And I think like either he was like dreaming and like could he started to feel for humanity because it's like he almost became a part of it. And so it's like he decided to like almost like what uh, the main celestial um, said is like he's like, okay, I will judge you. Uh, I will have my prime eternal like judge you and basically decide your fate. Um, and so it's a little more interesting, a little more different uh, than what they did. But because like the the whole celestial earth, the whole celestials having to be born from earth is, is like a relatively newer concept. It was from, earth, I believe, uh, Earth X or it was like a miniseries. Um, I don't remember what year it came out and it might be, you know, I say recent, but also that could be 2000. So it really isn't recent anymore. <laughs> uh, but that's like a newer thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have too much to say on the Celestials, just as, like, I, I liked that they were more, like, uh, it's almost like uh, Palpatine and A New Hope, right? It was just, like, kind of like that mysterious big bad. I don't know a whole lot about them. I don't know what they're capable of. Um, but I think that we're going to get a lot more of them, and I'm kind of excited about that. Like, that, I, I don't, we didn't need, this wasn't a Celestial movie. They were more, like, the cherry on top of a lot of the stuff going on here, so. I think we'll get more. I mean, we've been getting small, small things, right? We got ego. We got, uh, we got the the nowhere head. Like that was a celestial head. Like we get, we've had hints, and just like the full thing was cool. And and like I said, I mean, I'll, I'll say it for real because I hate, I don't keep secrets from those Stark warriors. Galactus is. I'm very. I think this leads to Galactus. I I hope so at least. Um, Dang. I feel like I feel like though Galactus would be a good post credits thing though if they're gonna. That's do that. and that's like they're done with Marvel. I think they have to end on Galactus. That's like you deal with all this King, you deal with what they got King the Conqueror, and then Galactus. You, you bring the Fantastic Four in, and the final phase is just you bring in X Men, you bring Fantastic Four, and you are dealing with a Planet Eater. Yeah, that would that would be cool. Um, Tommy, let's talk. I'm, I'm ready to talk about some of these post credit scenes, man. I'm, I'm, I'm bursting at the seams here. And I want to start off by saying, first and foremost, uh, we've really hated on movie critics recently, and I'm going to continue to do that. Tommy, uh, Eros was spoiled for me before the movie ever, I ever saw the movie. I'm sorry. I don't remember his name. He works for a Variety. And it wasn't like he wrote an article saying, ooh, spoilers, don't read any further. He posted on Twitter. He said, he said, oh, big reveal coming out of the world premiere of Eternals. Uh, uh, Harry Styles is playing Eros in, in the post credit scene. What? And, and here's my thing. This guy's not fired. He keeps his job. He's going to go to other world premieres. He's going to continue doing this. It's, it's completely uh, just negligence of the highest degree. It makes me want to be a film critic because like, if, the, if these people are in charge, the people that are review bombing, and then you get the people that are spoiling the movie – what the hell, Tommy? I know. He broke Sorry. the embargo. There's a, there's specifically an embargo on reporters. And and to me that's if not a fireball offense that is like you, they it need there needs to be repercussions cuz yeah, that's a big deal to people. I get it. I think he his intention was good. I hope I hope his intention I know. I hope his I know what it was. How I know what it, his, How could it that, His intention you know? was he wanted to be the first to to that's a big deal. He wanted to be the first to report on it. That's what it was. I know. I know what it was. But I'm sorry you dealt with that. I was completely surprised. Uh, never in my life did I think we would get Starbucks, Michael. I don't think people realize how big of a deal this is to, to me. Like, this is a big deal, Michael. We're getting Thanos' brother, Star Fox. This is where we're now, like people say, Guardians, we're getting to the space. To me, this is like, 
we're not even we're even further we're getting into the weeds when it comes to like marvel sci-fi is weird guys i don't think you know this i don't know how many it's weird it's a wonky place i there's there's super scrolls there's we're going to a place and and i don't i'm hoping they can do it well because it's it doesn't always work for me in the comics uh but i'm sorry you dealt with that because like yeah it was a big reveal harry styles i didn't never would have you know we said aquafina shooting an arrow and being the star of shang chi never in my life that i think harry styles would be in a marvel movie yeah, and uh, it works so perfectly, though. Like, I, I don't know a lot of... I don't know anything about it. I, I didn't even know Thanos had a brother. So this is, like, uh, as far as that goes, that's all a surprise to me. Um, but uh, I, I just find it, like, uh, we, we get a very glimpse, a uh, very small glimpse of this character, and it just... Harry Styles kind of works it. I kind of love it. So I'm all about it. It's perfect for the character. He is that kind of, like... One of his powers, and I don't know if they're going to do it, is, like, he releases this, like, pheromone that, like, does, like, bring people in this charmingness that like and that is harry styles and i know like people may who don't know like he's been in stuff like he's been in dunkirk he he is a good he got dunkirk uh through not being harry styles i believe like the story is like he like went through another name and basically wanted to get it off his own merit and that's how he got that job it's like he he does have acting chops and i think he'll do well and before anyone asks yes he's thanos his brother he doesn't need to look blue and have a square face there's a reason for it look it up okay <laughs> It's, there's a reason they they didn't just make a mistake and not make Harry Styles have a blue face. I've seen well, that Tommy, take already. I don't want to look him up because I don't want to look it up. I don't know why it's like that. So Michael, yeah, the reason like they look different is because they are both Eternals. There were Eternals on Earth. There was Eternals on Titans. Um, but Thanos got affected by the Deviant Syndrome, and so that's why he looks, you know, the way he does. Gotcha. So I mean, it does all tie in. We get to, we get our our deviance there. So um, it's, it's good to know because it is a little a little. It was a little weird for me, but I also wasn't going to question it too much. Tommy, I want to talk about Pip the Troll. Listen, Tommy. Like I know a lot of people are excited about Harry Styles and Eros. You know, Harry Styles, whatever. Uh, Eros didn't even know who he was. Uh, but Pip the Troll, played by Patton Oswalt. I love Patton Oswalt. If you don't know who Patton Oswalt is, he is, um, well, first and foremost, most uh, most recently, he is the voice of MODOK, which I've never watched that show, but he's already got ties in, into uh, the Marvel Universe. But listen, uh, he's a huge fan of this stuff. Like, he's a massive nerd, right? He He's a stand-up comedian. He does jokes about Star Wars. Like, I, like, if we were famous enough, he would come on our podcast because he is, like, a, he's a Marvel nerd. He's a Star Wars nerd. And uh, he's so funny. So I was so happy to see Pip the Troll, voiced uh, by Pat Nozzle. I'm excited. I'm interested to see where it goes. Like, uh, it was definitely took me by far, to be honest, because, again, I had no idea what was going on. When I saw this character, I was like, man, he would fit with Loki. I thought it was going to be like a Loki reveal where it's like this time jump and you see like what Loki's been up to since the TV show and they were going to tie that in. That's what I thought with Pip. Like he found this like weird, you know, <laughs> Pip guy who's just like hanging out. Um, but yeah, I, I like Pip. I big Pat and Oswald fan. Obviously, he had, he had tragic stuff happen to him uh, with his wife. And uh, he's been such a big Marvel fan. I know they brought him into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series as a character. Um and, and used him a lot in that. So I'm excited to see him voice uh, this character. Yes. Yeah, so um, let's, uh, you want to move on to postcode scene number two? Yeah, let's do it. And then look, I don't know anything about this crap. I, I don't know. I don't know this character at all. So Ty, if you want to kind of set up the second postcode scene, be my guest. 
Yeah, I mean, this whole scene, right? We saw that Cersei got taken, and Dane was trying to tell her something about her his family. Um, clearly, he's the Black Knight. You may not know that. So this is a scene of him hyping himself to take his family's sword, uh, the Ebony Blade. It's cursed. The Black Knight is not good. It's kind of like a ghostwriter type thing. There's more, you know, and I don't know a ton about it myself, but it's not a good thing, so he's willing to do this to try to get her back. And then he hears a voice. Do you know who this voice is, Michael? I, yeah, it was later revealed in an interview, correct? Yes, it has been confirmed who the voice is. I didn't get it the first time, I will say. Um, But I am so pleased that we heard the first time Blade, played by Mahershala Ali. Yes, and I cannot wait for this, Tommy. Um, is there is there any reason like are these characters connected in any way? That's what I was kind of confused yes. about. Yes, MI13. Uh, it's like I believe a British team. Yes, they're both part of it. So they're setting that up. People are excited that they're setting up like this team and and specifically these two characters in the team. Yeah, that, I mean that's even like a that's a crazier reveal than like at least for me. Like uh, I don't know who the Black Knight is, Tommy. I think it's interesting that like um, they call up Kit Harrington right, and they're like. Kit, it's time. We're bringing you into the MCU, but you're going to be kind of like Jon Snow again, right? I mean, that's my impression of what this character is, right? So uh, they just, uh, uh, is this, is, is this, is he stuck in this casting role forever? I mean, he does play that noble man, that, that knight character very well. Listen, it's, I think it will be different enough for him. Yeah. Yeah. So um a lot of stuff set up there so um look that's like and, and people on our on our twitter today were like talking about uh the characters in the postgrad scene they're trying to spoil it and they're talking kind of vague and they're like well yeah you thought that character was cool i was more interested in another character i'm like which character there was like four characters in this postgrad scene that we get introduced to so um yes uh that that that's it there um Tommy, uh, i think uh, i think we're kind of at the end here um any, uh, anything else before we go on to like some other things. Yeah, like, we still have really. a ton to, ton to do. No, like I said, I think we both enjoyed this film. I think, like we said, there's still things that I think I gave the benefit of the doubt on that maybe others won't. And I think that's okay. My only issue is my gripes. And, you know, I came up, you did, and I'm glad I, you know, I, th- I think we got to a good place. But it, it just is frustrating when like people are letting things outside of the actual movie. I guess it's still part of the movie, but it's like they're letting societal views i guess bother them and that that is upsetting to me i guess yes yeah exactly so tommy let's move on um let, let's move on to some news here um uh we well, we've got a lot of news we haven't talked in like a month um and uh, i'll kind of i've been kind of taking notes while we've been gone of like the things that come up and there's been a lot um but let's talk about some marvel stuff here um, we got we got word that Will Poulter has been cast as Adam Warlock. How about the that? eyebrows? That's is that what it is? is that all that's what they call him on the streets because okay. uh, he's got the you know you've never seen his. But does Adam Warlock have the eyebrows? I mean, I think Adam Warlock is a very um, he's he's like the perfect perfect man, right? That's like the the whole idea of him. Um, I I've heard this actor has a glow up. You know, the last time I've seen him, I think was the We Are the Millers. Not. In, <laughs> Not really who I would imagine, uh, but I, but I've heard and seen pictures of, of he's had he's had a little bit of a glow up. So I'm I'm interested. I'm I'm peaked to see what they can do. I trust uh, I I trust James Gunn to to do it right, and and I trust that if he cast him, there's a reason. 
Yeah, so uh, th- there's that. Uh, well, he was also in uh, talking some Star Wars adjacent stuff. He is in Jedi Fallen Order. So, uh, yeah, that, that was my last impression of him. And uh, he was all right there. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, Another quick hit here. Let's talk about. Um, well, let's jump over to the Star Wars side of things. I wanna. I wanna hear what you think about Hayden Christensen coming into Ahsoka. Uh, it's a big deal, right? For me, I guess what I see this means it, to me. It's I'm less focused on what this means for Ahsoka, but more what it means for the Obi Wan series, which to me means that he probably did a good job. If they're already bringing him back to another show. I'm assuming they're pleased with how he performed in the Obi-Wan series. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's, it has to be a direct impact there. So, um, you know, I was kind of skeptical to hear it from Kenobi, but uh, this is a good sign. It's a good sign. So um, there, there's that. Um, I want to ask you about another, we, we get kind of like a, um, a special Halloween special coming out. Um, do you know anything about werewolf by night, Tommy? Uh, no, I do not. I don't either. I don't know what anything is about, but apparently it's a MCU property, and it's going to be a Halloween special for Disney Plus. There's a guy here, uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, uh, has been casting the role. So I don't know who he is, but that'll be interesting. So it's just cool that they're trying big swings. I think that's the thing I appreciate about Marvel with doing Eternals, and then even stuff like this. Again, when we started with Iron Man. Even that was like a crazy idea. Like Iron Man was not an A-list superhero at that time. He was maybe C-list. If that, like, yeah, he was part of Avengers and stuff, but he wasn't a a, a big deal. You know, the big deals were like Spider Man, the Hulk, and they tried those movies, and some worked, some didn't. And so it is fascinating, like historically, just thinking about like, yeah, they're at the point where they're like, we can take these risks, we can take risk and do these stories, like this Halloween type thing, you know. Yeah, and we also have um, there's the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special coming eventually. So yeah, they really are kind of like trying different stuff. So I'm all about it. This is, this is cool. Um, Tommy, what do you think about the Spider-Man poster? I thought it was fun. I honestly don't think you need the the Green Goblin in the background. It almost looked hokey because it's like it was so clear. But it, it's still, I mean, it's nostalgic, right? I still loved it. Um, but it did look a little hokey. But I mean, they're really focusing on Doc Ock, right? Like this, this is like. I don't know if it's like a, a red herring, like they're trying to make us focus on on uh, Doc Ox. So we're not focusing on the fact that maybe the Sinister Six is coming. Like you know, we don't know. But look, if 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 there were, if I had to pick a Spider-Man villain from uh, previous movies uh, to like be the the head runner here, it's Doc Ox. So I'm glad to see it. I agree. So. Um, I don't know, Tommy. You got any other uh, news uh, you want to talk about? Yeah, I sent you a couple. I don't, I don't even remember them now. But the one that does stick out to me was uh, Disney Plus made a deal. I think it was even this morning. That's how recent it was. Uh, they there's 13 Marvel films as of now, and, and I'm assuming it's going to continue. Will be uh, put back onto Disney Plus in IMAX ratio in IMAX uh, settings uh, for your TV viewing pleasure. Yeah, sounds like I'm gonna have to buy an IMAX theater. You, you just <laughs> might. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what I've never, I, I don't know what that's going to look like on my TV, but um, sure. I'm excited. If it's better. Great. If it, if yes. it, if it increases my viewing 
uh, experience. Thank you, Marvel. Yes. So, um, okay. Well, Tommy, um, let me ask you this, uh, kind of stepping away from news here. Do you were on some podcasts recently? Do you want to do some plugs? Yeah, I'll, I'll do some plugs. Uh, so I was on some podcast. I believe one is already out. Uh, I was on the Nathan for us podcast with our dear friend, uh, Kelly White. Um, and and Megan, who was it was a lovely experience. We covered the episode of Nathan uh, for you called "The Hero," and uh, uh, it was a lot of fun. Check them out and check out that podcast. Yeah, gotta double down on the 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 Nathan for us. I listened to it uh, first and foremost. That episode is hilarious, but the podcast was hilarious as well. So um, uh, I got roasted a little bit, Michael. You did, but that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but. Uh, I would love to be on that podcast one day, and I hope Kelly White comes here. So uh, hopefully more collaborations there to come. So, Jeez, yeah. um, Tommy, anything else? Are we at the end? This is about to be the longest podcast we've ever done. Should we do quick recommendations? Oh, my God. I didn't think about recommendations. I know. I know. It's I do have it's... one, though, actually. Now that I think me, too. I okay, took, it took me a month, and I finally have one. Yeah. <laughs> go uh, for it. Go for it. You know, we're getting out of Halloween, but maybe you, you still want to get that vibe. I watched... <laughs> the Star Wars Halloween special on Disney Plus. And I enjoy it. The Star Wars Lego specials, any of them you can watch. I watched the Christmas one last year. I watched the Halloween one this year. I loved it. There's tons of Easter eggs to Star Wars lore. There's just, it's a fun, it's comedic, but it's also like compelling stories. I was super into it. I, I never imagined that I would love these so as much as I do. Yeah, the, hol- the, the holiday special, Lego holiday special is hilarious i think it's way better than this one but this one's also really good too and uh look don't sleep on the lego star wars content yeah it's great so all right i do have a recommendation um a show's back tommy do you watch succession i do not i've heard i've heard I not yet to. you mean yeah not yet because uh, you have to succession is so good um look um uh I don't want to say too much, but it's 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 a it's a show about corporate America. It follows this family of very very wealthy and horrible people. Um, if you're into like shows that like you hate people, and I feel like, like Game of Thrones kind of captured a lot of that. There's a lot of like really like characters you could root against there, but there's almost no redeeming people in Succession, which that might sound bad, but it's like awesome watching them like. And actually, it is, it is a lot more like Game of Thrones in the fact that it's a lot of like political scheming going on, right? A lot of people are like fighting for the the throne of this company, if you will, and uh, a lot of crazy wild stuff happens within it, and uh, it's hilarious. It's it's sad. It's mortifying in some ways, but um, it's a very outstanding. Uh, uh, there's a lot of really well done uh, acting in this in this series, so. Um, Please check out Success, everybody. I think it's the greatest show on television right now. Don't at me. Just dropped the mic. Dropped it. Dropped it. So, all right, Tommy. Uh, let's close it out. I'm t- I've got a. I've got a hamburger here. I'm ready to eat. So I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring us to the end here. Um, first and foremost, I would like to invite you guys to rate and review us on iTunes, preferably five star reviews. Um, also, subscribe to the podcast uh, so you can have podcasts with us every single week. And follow us on Instagram and Twitter at StarWarsPod. And ask us for a Discord link because uh, we have a little Discord community and uh, we'd like to get you involved. So 
Um, I believe that's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for thank you so much for sticking through this long, long episode. If you're still here, you, you're one of the real ones. And also, thank you for sticking with us through a month break. You know, sometimes people break habits, and uh, I mean, there was nothing to cover anyways. But like, maybe your habit was listening to us every week, and then maybe you had to stop, and then maybe you forgot about us. But the people that are listening now, they didn't forget about us. So I just want to say thank you, yeah. and uh, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.